Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Mark Levine, a serial entrepreneur and astute domain investor, once owning category killer domains such as publish.com, bookprinting.com, and many other valuable one and two word.com domains. Today, Mark and I discuss how a lucrative career in a book publishing and technology company introduced him to domain investing. He also shares how and why domain investing has sharpened his business acumen. We also talk a bit about CCTLDs and which extensions he actively invests in. And last but not least, Mark reveals his overall 2020 domain results as a part-time domain investor, including average acquisition and sales data, portfolio sell-through rate, and much more. And so with that, Mark, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Alvin, it's a pleasure. I'm a I'm a real longtime listener. That that is true. I'm a I'm a big fan, and I've consumed a lot of your podcasts over this year. Well, thank you, sir. Ho- hopefully, you've been able to to learn something or another through my bumbling and fumbling around. <laughs> oh, it's you know, it's great. You have a great interview style. You ask good questions. You really get people to share good and valuable stuff, and it's been been very helpful for me. Awesome. Well, hey, to kick things off, Mark, let's briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, you know, who you are, your personal professional background. Well, I like to think of myself as a domainer. I mean, it's I love it more than any kind of business thing I've ever been involved in. But I guess in my real life, I'm from the book publishing industry. I've been in that industry for about 15 years now. So that's probably the predominant thing that I've been doing. I owned a self-publishing company that kind of came of age when self-publishing started to explode in the mid-2000s and grew quite large. In 2016, I sold it to a large public company that had a division that did the same thing. And now, about you know, I took a couple of years off and just did domains and you know played around and whatever. <laughs> and then about two and a half years ago, I and some actually two of my the CTO of my old company and the COO of my old company. And, you know, we kind of had this, we want to get the band back together kind of thing. And we ended up buying this little literary agency. And there was a big op in that only sold foreign language rights. So represented U.S. publishers. And if a publisher had a, you know, let's say a kangaroo children's book, ah. um, that book would then be licensed to publishers in China Korea, Brazil, France, Germany, you know, wherever. And, you know, it's a slice of publishing that we didn't really know about when we were in the industry, but it was one that was just really ripe for some technology to come in. And my self-publishing company, we had built this publishing platform that allowed us to publish 11,000 books in the 10 years that we were in business. And every single one was custom. So that not the designs, the editing, the just the whole process was customized and we had you know a couple thousand possible combinations of steps in the publishing process so i basically assembled that same team the uh, woman who had this agency came in as a partner and so we kind of learned that part of the business and we grew this agency to now where we represent 40 publishers many thousands of titles under management and we've developed the software system 
that markets the books, monetizes, I mean, markets the, the rights, monetizes the rights and manages the whole thing. Deals with all the foreign taxes. I mean, you know, we just, it's just a one-stop shop just for managing foreign language rights. And just two weeks ago, we got a Series A investment from a VC. That was something I'd never been involved in before, but it was, you know, again, fun, not not as fun as selling and then getting to go do nothing. But, you know, now I, we sold Next it. Round. Now I, yeah. And so now, you know, I'm back to running a company. Well, I was running it, but, you know, there's a difference when you have serious money invested. And, right. Um, but it's, you know, it's great and it's a great concept and there's a lot of potential. So, you know, it's, it's very exciting. The, I guess the only thing that's going to be different is my, amount of time spent domaining you know it's going to be less so all you guys fighting with me in the closeouts you're you know probably one less guy one less guy to deal with i don't know man it, hey it's getting pretty it's getting pretty thick in there man in terms of of uh, just a number of, of newcomers that are coming in domain investors as well as i mean i have a hunch man that that there are some end users in play in these auctions and some of them uh, I agree. I was just in one yesterday and I, you know, again, I think I weigh, I mean, I you always think you overpay for anything that's not $12, but it went really high, but it was, I really liked the word and the concept. And so I kept thinking like, I have to be in against, you know, I'm either against somebody who knows something I don't know, which makes me want to even get this name more. <laughs> or you know the other person against me was is thinking the same thing about me or it's an end user but it's a it, you know so we'll see i got it and it wasn't cheap but you know it was 12 dollars, and then it became 900 so wait what it was you know when i and with five minutes to go it was i mean 17 dollars maybe and then so i'd put my bid in you know if it's a name that i really want I try to be present, you know, right around the five minute mark. Right. And get in there because, you know, I mean, again, I had a GoDaddy, you know, some of these other ones, you know, you put it in and then there's another hour and then there's no end to it. But at the GoDaddy, you know, because sometimes I put bids in, you get busy, you forget, you get the notice, you're driving, you can't log back, you know, there's whatever, you can't get back to it. So I was right there. I was like, you know, I'm going to get this. It's going to be a nice pickup. And it just, it like got out of control. And then, <laughs> you know, at some point, you know, then it's like, okay, 500, 600. And then it's, it, you know, I think mistakes are, this is where you can, you know, get stupid with your money because, you know, it was like, well, now somebody really wants it, which makes me want it more. Um, but it was a term. So I'll just tell you the word it was story booking com and so i like i like names that have a story or book or novel or you know they're they're not only publishing related but they're just very brandable right and story booking is kind is is basically like storyboarding ah, so okay. uh, when i saw how the term was being used now again i didn't know much about it because it First, I thought I was going to be getting it for $17 and I didn't care. 
But then with each round, I'm like, okay, I got to go see, <laughs> you know, what do I think? And, you know, once I saw the comparisons, the storyboarding, and I, I thought, well, you know, this, I am, you know, I'm having a good year even now so far. So, you know, names that I bought in this price range have turned out for me pretty well. I don't buy that. I mean, you saw what my average, my median purchase price is. So, you know, it's definitely on the higher end, but I think it has applicable uses and, you know, there's always a publishing use for a term like that. So, you know, I'll, I'll see. I don't, I hope it doesn't end up in my pile of regrettables. I, I've gone through, <laughs> I've gone through that list a few times and added up just like all the ones that I bought like that, that I now regret. Um, <laughs> I'm a little more optimistic about this one. That is awesome. So then take me back because what's interesting is or or the where I'm kind of at a I'm like, what in the world? Mark comes from the publishing world. How did you get connected? How did publishing and domain names out of all things to connect up? Like, how well, did that happen? That's a good question. Um, and really, I had a company before my publishing company that did online business forms like a DBA or a copyright, you know, that kind of stuff. And this was before you could just go do, you can do all this online yourself now. You know, you can go to the state secretary of state and file it and online. And But in the early 2000s, that wasn't a thing. And, mm. you know, all we did was have the PDF forms, you fill them in, you know, it was just, a, it, we just tell people do this. It wasn't rocket science. Right. But I had started I'd start buying different names. And there was a time, you know, where you could get a name like incorporate in Florida.com and you could, you could buy Google ads and use that as the URL, but still have a go to your own landing page. You know, you can't really do that anymore. Right. You can't just, but at that time you could do stuff like that. And so I started buying names like that. Then I sort of thought, and I didn't know a lot about domains, but I had bought and I was starting to get a little bit into publishing also because we did copyright filings. We were doing a ton of them for right for authors. And so then I and I was trying to get self-publishing companies to allow me to do their back end of the copyright. I was like, hey, add this as a service. I'll fulfill it for you. It's a value add for your customer. And so I compile, I started getting just, I started researching all these companies that could be possible partners. Pretty soon I was like, you know what? Well, one, the response was not great. And two, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I'm, I've always wanted to sell, to write one of these info products. And they used to have, you still see them sometimes, but not as much where it was like a one page website that was you know, 20 pages long, but it was like, right. how much would you pay for this information? 59 slash 49, you know, bonus number one, the 28 places to market your book. <laughs> so I, I studied a bunch of those and I said, you know, I got, I got like the kind of the keywords and the words that work that, that, you know, I took the sites that almost made me want to buy one of these said, I'm just going to, I'm going to take all this knowledge I have about these companies I've been pitching and I'm going to just put it together in a book and I'm going to write this book about self-publishing companies and I'm going to look at them and review their services and I'm going to make it as a PDF and stick it on here as an add-on for 20 bucks and 
you know, we'll see what happens. So, you know, I didn't even know how you published a book at the time. But in doing that, and I guess I'm kind of moving away from domains other than I had started to buy, like I bought published.com back then because I was going to use that as some kind of a vehicle. So ah. I, I, I paid a lot, you know, that was an $18,000 purchase back then for the name. The, I mean, it was an amazing deal. The site, which was the first book directory on the internet, you know, thousands of authors in there because that was one of the places you could list your book for free. And so that guy ended up becoming an affiliate of my copyright business and later wanted to sell the site. And I bought the whole thing, the names, the database, everything for that. So that was kind of how I, I'd say I became in like really into domaining. I, I was buying names also for my business filing company. And I did think that when I went to sell it, that at those assets, even if the buyer didn't understand them totally, there is sort of a sex appeal to domain names. When you say, look at this list that I own. And it was true in that transaction. And when I ended up selling the book publishing company, which was a much larger transaction, I got to know the buyer because they, uh, we first came to meet because they tried to buy a domain of mine that I had purchased, a publishing name that I knew. It was a broad term in publishing, but I was like, there's one of three publishers in the world that is going <laughs> to buy this from me. So I priced it for, I mean, it was a, a, it was a good, solid price. And the guy called me. And I mean, I'll, ne I'll never forget it because the, like the whole thing was changed my life over this, <laughs> really over this domain. He called me and said, well, you know, I see that you own this name and, and we've known each other because now by this time I was writing this book about self-publishing that had become a very well-known book and I reviewed all the companies. And so every time a new edition came out, I would have to, I would, you know, contact the companies and talk to them and so I known the guy who ran this division for this large company, but he called me and said, I see you on this name and you know, we, we want to buy it. And he said, and then he said, what other names do you have that are like it? And I only had, I mean, I had like three. So I said, you know, give me a couple of days. Like I go, I'm on vacation. I got to look at my list. <laughs> and we were in, we're at my parents' 50th anniversary in Vegas. So I run up to my room. Hanridge time. I, <laughs> yep. I, I got like bought 50 names that were, you know, good keyword right. rich, you know, whatever <laughs> I, it was like, you know, I, this, I, between this time and the time, you know, we're going to see, you know, the guys who perform like the Rat Pack show. So I got, you know, this, I got 25 minutes before I have to be down in the lobby, get all these names, send them to them. Uh, then I don't hear from the guy. So I'm thinking, you know, he must have, you know, it was like every name is 5,000 because I didn't have time to even think about it. So I'm thinking, well, this guy probably just realized what I did and that's the end. But a few weeks later, he emailed me and said, hey, let's talk about these domains. You know, it, it was like a Friday. So, so on Monday, let's talk about the name. So I was all excited because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sell some names here. And then the conversation starts and he says, you know, before we talk about the names, uh, let me just tell me if this is a non-starter. I mean, we just, we want to buy the names, but also just the whole, everything, the whole company, your book, everything. 
And that was <laughs> that, different, that different was ball game. No. So that was it. So they ended up, you know, buying this, you know, but the whole thing really started from a domain. And then my, my publishing company, we had some great names in addition to published.com. We ran a big book printing brokerage site on bookprinting.com. We had bookeditors.com. I mean, you know, we had some great names that were, that really helped our business a lot. You know, like bookediting.com. When we, when I bought that name and I paid, you know, I think I paid $30,000 to get it. But when I rebranded that book printing division as that, it changed, it, it the money I was able to save on ads paid for the name five times over. Just money I didn't have to, you know, it ranked, it ranked better. And just the authority of, you know, bookprinting.com. When you are an author looking to print your book and, you you know, a book is a very personal thing to an author. Right. You know, there's a great sense of attachment. So you don't just want to turn it over to anyone. So the leads and the business we got just from natural search traffic was so much higher than it was before. And the conversion rates were so much better than the ads than, you know, come here, here's our print site. You can, you know, print your book in however long. So again, for that company too, I, I, and I, then by that point, I was buying a lot more domains because I was really building up a portfolio of publishing names that would really make it hard for any competitor in the self-publishing space to, you know, I was buying genre names, you know, I own, and I still own some of these historical fiction.com literary fiction. I mean, I, I was buying, you know, anything really within the space that I thought would have some value. And so that's how the publishing and the domains meld together. Interesting. Now, did you, now were you involved in any auctions at that 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 point, like auction platforms, or was this strictly all handridge? I was in auction sites. You know, really, once I bought that published.com in two thousand six, uh, I was pretty active. I mean, I wasn't active in domaining like maybe I am now, and I didn't know that it was even an, an industry. I didn't mm -hmm. know that that I didn't know any of that until I bought fiction.com in two thousand ten. And still, I didn't really know it was an it was a industry, but I paid a you know an end user price for that name, and I went to this thing called the Search Engine Strategy Show, which I don't even think exists anymore. But I went there, and Cedo had a booth, and I went up there, and I was just like, oh, you know, I have some domains, and blah blah blah. We're talking, and I said, oh, I just bought this name, Fiction.com. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're that guy. We read about, you know, I was in because the name was put in Ron Jackson's thing. It was but oh. until that minute. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know that there was an industry. And then Cedo said, hey, we do this boat cruise every year around Boston Harbor for all of our like, big clients. You know, all I was was a guy who paid a ton of money for fiction.com, but they must have thought. I mean, that I was going to be some big domain buyer. So they invited me to this thing. And that was really, that was my first exposure to anyone in the domain industry and talking about it. And, you know, and then from there, I, you know, went to some of the traffics and I started doing, and then, you know, I got really into it and loved it. So that's interesting because I think uh, by the time you and I met, you and I actually met in a interesting, interesting way. I don't know if you remember it. But it was, we both 
signed up for a NamesCon uh, water school ticket giveaway on DSAD.com. And I think, well, I know I won it, but I think you were like, right. It was like a first comment oh. sort of thing or something like that. Or oh, maybe it was a, uh, uh, a name. Like, I think we had to submit a name and I think I submitted something like crypto checker and it, they basically said, yeah, uh, we're going to go with that one. That's going to be the name that, that we think, um, is, is some or another. I can't remember, but that's the first time I remember meeting oh, you. <laughs> that's great Uh, mark's like yeah you still owe me a drink for that one too (laughs) well i never minded paying for that water school thing yeah it was it was a great time great time uh names con 2018 man that feels like five years ago having lived in 2020 the one from last year feels like five years ago like it's i can't even believe it was a year ago yeah yeah, exactly. You know, speaking of NamesCon, like, so I guess now, had you always attended NamesCon or was that your first time in 2018? Um, no, 2000, I think 2015 was my first one. Gotcha. And I mean, I was immediately, I was like, this is the greatest. You know, <laughs> I, it was, you know, one, I love domains. I love talking domain. You know, I could do it all day long i love it i and i and the people who are in domaining to me and the ones who i know are the most creative entrepreneurial sharp business people that i've ever met in any other walk of life i mean they it really they exceed anything else i mean they're it's so much creativity and data and you know and the art you know there's a huge art part of it you know that there's you can have all the data you want but there's still a lot of gut feel stuff that goes into it and it just you don't see that in many other industries where there's where some of the same people possess that amount of skills in different areas now that makes that makes complete sense that makes complete sense and and so like in terms of you because you have an interesting journey in and of itself of there is this whole domain investor side now, but then you got involved in domains early, but it was really, you know, as a um, added value to your business, to your existing or to your primary business. Now, when I look at it or think about where you're at today, like where did you make that shift or that, that shift to say, I'm actually, I, I, I identify more as a full-time domainer. Yes, I'm a CEO of a company, but this is, this is where I, I I truly want to put you know a good portion of my life's energy into it. You know, I mean, certainly, I would say the first name I ever sold, like for many people, that's the that's the one that that you know starts it off. But I I really had a love for it when I bought Publish.com. I mean, I loved seeing my name with that as an email address. You know, like I, I knew that it was powerful and aesthetically. I, you know, I, I just knew that they were something great, but for me, um, just as I started buying more and again, really up until I would say, I didn't even track my sales really until 2017. So 
Hmm. Like if any sales that came in, I mean, it was just put on a thing and it was part of my business and it was just, I wasn't, you know, like I couldn't have given you the stats I gave you for this year that, you know, that kind of tracking came later. But I just, you know, as I started buying them more and selling more, although it was, they weren't anything, you know, I look back at some of my earlier sales now and, you know, to say I left money on the table would be the overstatement of the year. <laughs> but in seeing like how bookprinting.com, the actual, the actual value that a name like that brought to my business and the actual use, I mean, there was actual data to show what a difference it made. You know, it wasn't just thinking about it and being like, well, this is a cool name and it's going to look good in, you know, bookprinting.com looks better than printyourbooktoday.com. I mean, yes, that is true. But I mean, it was the facts. The da- I mean, the data backed it up and we got way more business and I spent way less in advertising. And that name, it paid for itself over and over and over. And, you know, I only owned it. I think I acquired it in 2012 and I sold the company in 2016. So I didn't have it that long, but I mean, that was, you know, that played a role into it. And then just by then, you know, I was starting to go to the domain things and I love the industry. And for me, like I love creating things. And even for my business now, domaining gives me so many ideas. Right. Uh, I see it. I see a domain, and I'm like, oh, you know what we should be doing at Dropcat, my new business. Is I saw this name, and this name made me think about doing a beta reader thing for publishers. Like, but I only thought of that because I saw this name at an auction. So for me, domaining keeps me. I mean, keeps me really fresh with ideas. You know, I I love it, and there's some. It's kind of like working at an ad agency and it's kind of like being a data scientist and it's kind of like being the guy on the beach with that thing looking for the gold. You know, it's a combination of all those things. And, and you know, again, for me, I, I don't do it full time. Um, I, you know, again, I, I think all the time I probably should. It's be a better, you know, I, I should be doing spending all my time doing that but i don't it's a very profitable side business it helps me in what i'm doing and it helps help me at my publishing company and at my new company dropcap it, it makes me a better ceo of, ah. it really does because it my mind is it keeps my mind really sharp and i'm looking at words and i'm thinking about things and you know it, it's it's great I, that's why I love it. So even though I don't do it full time, I mean, it's certainly what I've made in the last couple of years, it's certainly my net, you know, it could be someone's full-time job. You know, it's at, it's right at that kind of a cusp. Right. But, you know, for me, I'm lucky I, I'm able to use most of, I mean, I take out very little of the money. So I keep reinvesting it and buying better names. You know, which again gets harder and harder. And there's, uh, but you know, there's tons of new opportunities and some of these repurposed CCTLDs. I mean, I really have enjoyed that. That's been one of my most favorite things in the last year has been some of those. I was like, like Morgan, I was one of the only guys in Park.io auctions in 2015. Well, that ain't the so, case today. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, 
I, names that I had back then that were selling at retail back, you know, I'd say in early 2016, I started selling some of these good IOs that I had and they were selling at prices that, you know, today might barely be a wholesale price. Hmm. You know, again, so I had a lot, I've had a lot of success with IO and, you know, before it became a thing. And so I, I don't, you know, I enjoyed that. Um, yes, it's getting harder and harder to get IOs at any kind of a good price, even, <laughs> even, um, even subpar ones. I mean, right. like last year I sold, I think 21 IOs and almost most of those were hand registered. And most of those were not, oh, you know, one word, I mean, some of them were, but not one word. You know, some of them were just brandable. They were, you know, I, I have, you know, that they weren't anything special, but there was right. enough people using the terms that I knew somebody was going to want the IO. Gotcha. So let me ask you this then. What, so what was the light bulb moment? Because you mentioned it earlier in terms of you actually started tracking. So before you were just selling, you know, domains here and there, having good sales, but then you, what caused you to say, okay, wait, it's time for me to actually start tracking what I'm doing so I can truly understand in great clarity where things are at from a profit loss standpoint. I knew, I mean, I knew from a profit loss standpoint that I was always in the black because I never took any money out and I right. never put any, and I never put any money in, but I mean, what really started the tracking was, and I'm, you know, kind of embarrassed to say this, but I started dating someone who was a financial, who is a financial analyst at Cargill, uh, you know, which is a huge company here in Minnesota. And she helped me build this pretty sophisticated spreadsheet. You know, we're no, we broke up, but luckily, you know, there was a template so I can keep doing it for every year. <laughs> so that was, and you know, she was really helpful to me in doing that. And so that made it where I can, you know, tells me where I bought from, where I sold, what percent I, you know, just some of the data that I provided to you. Now, I, I probably would have eventually had somebody build something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's really more for me now, I'm not spending every day being like, well, I have to get this percent return on this. Right. It, it's really just for me to see like, okay, how how is this thing performing? You know, okay, my gut on, on hand registering some of these IOs that are a short CVCV IO that I'm able to hand register, I can look back and say, you know, I've done, I've sold six of these this year and it's so similar. I should, you know, I should get this one too. Or it's, it, it's that kind of data that, okay, now I'm in an auction for this IO. It's really similar to ones I hand registered. And now I can't do that, but I'm seeing like, okay, you know, I sold these other ones. Here's, they're all, the sales are right in front of me. So it, it kind of gives me a range of where I'd be comfortable going. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge data, you know, it, it, right. it's, it, it's, it's, it's very much a, a dashboard or, um, yes. a, you know, almost kind of like a key business indicator type situation of it's not going to be the final decision maker, but at the same time, it is going to help me make an informed decision about whether or not I buy or sell uh, a given domain. Yes. And, you know, it just allows me to see 
patterns and where I'm selling things and where I'm buying things. And, you know, and again, also, I just take the thing and give it to my accountant and it goes in and, you know, it's an easy place for them to log in and see the sales and see the net. And, you know, it's helpful. It's been helpful to me. It's, you know, again, I, I don't look at it other than, you know, last year I had a sales goal. And so I was really trying to hit that. Right. And I did, I, I, I fell a couple thousand short, but you know, at the end it was like, okay, you know, I got this, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to willing to take a little bit less on a name or two to see if I can push myself over the top, but you know how it goes. It's, (laughs) and you know, last year was a crazy year. I mean, not, not only because of the pandemic, but I had my best year ever as a domainer by a lot. And I mean, I know many other people did too. Right. But my sales from January to mid-April was $12,000. Terrible. $12,000 total from January to Oh, you said April. Okay. But from April... uh... From April on, it was, I mean, you know, it was incredible. Yeah. But I... I, I I was on the phone with one of my really good friends from domaining telling him like, God, you know, I do not know what I'm doing wrong. Like I must be terrible. You know, I must become terrible. I can't, <laughs> you know, and I, there is that, I mean, for me, at least when I go through a drought, I'm like, God, everything you're buying, you're, you know, you think you're good, but maybe I am really not good at this. And then <laughs> something happens and validate, you know, you get a big sale and you're like, oh, well, I am good, I guess. But <laughs> this, uh, this year has been, you know, this year already, I've surpassed the first four months of last year. So that's awesome. You know, this, this year is starting out very strong. Um, and I mean, I sold, this is a random, I only own three of them, but I sold a dot network name last night. Wait, what? A dot yep, network? Maybe. Yep. I, I thought you said a dot net work no. like dot net space w-o-r-k oh. like i was like oh. wait you sold a dot net name work but no you're saying you actually sold a tld a dot network tld yes domain yes <laughs> so wait so okay in terms of today your portfolio like what is are you predominantly uh, iogg.com I would say I'm 88%.com and probably 6% IO. And now probably, you know, I bought a lot of GGs this year, um, but only because I've sold, I just used the money that I made to, to buy more. And it was, so that's heavier than it would be. And then just, you know, a couple AIs here and there, a uh, hmm. couple dot co's, a couple, you know, I, these net, these dot networks, there was an auction. I liked the names. I got them, you know, I think I might've even been the only bidder. It was, I think I paid $22 for these ones. They were two letter dot networks. And, you know, I don't, didn't have any idea if they would be anything, but, you know, it's, it looks cool. I mean, visually, I think, you know, it's one of the, it does just like I, to me, dot media is very, it's pleasing to the eye. I, you know, I own very, I did sell one of those a couple of weeks ago that I actually bought because I own the dot com. 
Ah. So I own, you know, keyword.media, but I also own keywordmedia.com and I really bought it to try to package it, but somebody decided they would, you know, they'd pay 600 for the .media and not 5,000 for the .com. So my ah. .com just became more valuable. But those are just, you know, I see them and if it's something connected to a .com I have, I might buy it. Those networks I just you know, I just was like, whatever. It's now were those inbound know, or outbound sales? I don't do any outbound. No I, outbound. So the all no. inbound. That now that is even more eye popping. It that a a dot network you were able to sell it. But hey, I throw this little disclaimer out there to listeners: like, do not go try that. <laughs> do not oh, go break the bank yes. on dot network doing that kind of crazy stuff. Oh. Uh, and because to a certain extent, and I, I only own a handful of, um, I mean, I, I have some dot services, some dot solutions. Uh, I have brown dot media. But outside of that, man, I it's a, it's a hit or miss. Like, there are some people that are doing well with new T, with the new, uh, I say new GTLDs, but GTLDs, um, I mean, it's only a decade later now. <laughs> but they're doing well with them. But it's, I guess the the sales really pale in comparison to just the consistency of some of the CCTLDs as well as some of the .com domains. I mean, is that your same take or? Oh, absolutely. I, I wouldn't advise anyone to go start buying all these things. I mean, I, I look at some of these things as... You know, it has to be money you are, I mean, all this money in domaining has to be money you're not prepared to see again. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think that just even no matter how good your data and, you know, there's, you got long hold times. Sometimes you get lucky, but a lot of times you don't. Right. And, you know, you're holding it. And some of these dot networks, you know, I mean, if I had held even these two letter ones for three years and I don't you know, I see no sales or so low or, you know, I, I have to think of, you know, I, I dump some of these things. Um, even when I went to go see whether I was going to accept this price, I mean, there's very little data. Oh, wow. And even on name bio? So very little. I mean, hmm. just if you look at, you know, there's just not a lot of those kind of sales. The, the GG thing for me was different because I had bought about 50 of them last year. Morgan had written a big piece about it. He had gone to some gaming show or something in Hong Kong and wrote a big thing. And then I saw this thing on Brian Gumbel's show, Real Sports, on, I don't even know, Fortnite Championship or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, an arena packed full of people and so then I was like, well, these things, I know I'm not a video game person, so I don't know a lot about it, but I was like, well, it seems interesting. And you know, the, the industry is sure one that's going to, is exploding. So I bought 50 like last September and by June, I had already sold five of those of the original hmm. 50. And so, and it kind of felt, and again, I'm not saying that this is going to be the case because it's. I don't have any idea, but for me, in my own experience of selling, it was it was the same. It was like I/O in early 2016 for me. The level of interest and people offering, and so I just decided. And no, it's either going to be I'm either going to be a genius or I'm going to be a guy that wasted 10 grand. 
But I was like, I'm going to take all these profits from these GGs I just sold. And I'm going to go hand register, you know, ones that I think are going to be good. And during a lot of this summer, there were Dynadot had deals, this other place, Channel Island Hosting had deals. So you were able to get them for pretty cheap. And I kind of just figured, well, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've had success selling them. So if they become a real thing and I didn't, and I didn't get in when I had success, I'm going to really feel stupid. And if they don't, okay, well, I took it, you know, I, I gambled the money I made on them. And, you know, so far they're working out. I just had a big one a couple of weeks ago that I sold for 5,000. So now nice. I'm, even after my hand regs, I'm now in the black, but I have, you know, I have a few hundred. So I guess I'm going to worry about it next year at renewal time, which, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a steep bill, but, you know, we'll see if, you know, so far I keep, they keep getting a lot of searches and every month they're getting more than they got the month before. And, uh, you know, I'm bullish on them for now. And, you know, I think it was something that, you know, Morgan brought this up on your show also, how he was saying, you know, when people are like, there's no opportunities, all the dot coms are gone. But he said, but yes, but you know, there's these, there's opportunities and all these other CCTLDs and other ones, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity to own one word ones. Now it's not the same. It's not even in the same league. It's not even in the same universe. But, you know, again, I don't know that many people who have sold any. I mean, of the people I know, I think I'm the only one that's sold one of my friends who I talk to regularly. So it's hard to know, is it, am I just getting lucky or is there something more out there? You know, I, I right. don't know. And it, it could be either way. I, you know, I hope that I'm right and it becomes a thing because it's going to be great. But, you know, if not, you know, it was to me worth the gamble. Right, right. That's kind of where I sit today uh, with at the time of this recording, anyway, early January 2021. That's kind of where I sit with uh, my reflections on .cc and uh, .tv, um, that it's like, well, with things headed the way they are in terms of, you know, it seems like we're consuming more and more video on a daily basis. .tv seems like it's right that it could kind of make this uh, pull an LL Cool J line and don't call it a comeback. It's like, I've been here for years, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but so I see it that way, but then I also see .cc uh, more so my, my, I'm hedging things on more like where things are headed with cryptocurrency. Although uh, I, I can obviously think of many different acronyms that CC could stand for credit card, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, um, Christian church, the list goes on cycling club. And there, there are quite a few sites that, that use .cc, but it's very much what you said. It's I'm willing to go there. I think I have like 60 names invested so far. And the reality is if I lose it all, I lose it all. It was money that I could stand losing. But there, are, it comes a time that you have to do your research and you just have to take the best educated guess uh, that you can based on what data is available, whether it's name bio or uh, DN Journal or any other you know, um, outlet for domain sales data. It's like you just got to do what you can. And uh, speaking of domain sales data now, so the tool that you have in terms of keeping up with your domain stats, like how many years, full years have you used that? 
for sure 2017 I think was my yeah 2017 was my first year of using it my sales have gone like in 2017 yeah so my sales from 2017 my gross sales are triple that they were what they were then now obviously I have more names but not at that you know not at you know I'm so it's gone up every year in my you know my acquisition cost I'm pretty disciplined so like on the names this is again this is on the names that I sold this isn't on my acquisition costs overall but I think it's probably similar in both the last couple of years, my average acquisition cost on the names that I sold was about 30 some dollars. And my average sale price was about 27 to 2,800. I mean, pretty consistently. So I'm like just trying to, you know, hit doubles and I'm lowering, I'm spreading that risk around more names. There's things I like about having a larger portfolio like that. And there's a lot of, things you know that are it, it, it's close to being an unmanageable amount for me like if i got any bigger <laughs> i'd have to build i really will have to build some kind of assist i'll have to build a tool i mean other you know domainers with really large portfolios have tools to help them manage it i mean just you can't even keep up with the renewals and so you know there's some downsides to owning something that large but it's you know, it's good. I'm selling, uh, you know, last year I sold over 2% of my names. Which probably, is amazing. You know, great. I mean, and the IO sales were, I mean, I sold, I think, 8% of my IOs, but I'm guessing many other people probably did that well. I think, you know, in these other CCTLDs, when you have, you know, a one-word CCTLD versus a brandable.com, you know, you're going to sell, the percentage sales are probably going to be higher because of the value of the word to the left right um again not you know if you have stellar one word.coms that's you know that's not the case that's not what i'm talking about you know i just have some decent brand you know some good two word.coms and uh, you know a stellar one word.gg has probably a better chance of selling quickly at a you know reasonable price than a brandable.com that you know, somebody could choose from hundreds of different things. Now, what's interesting to me, so so you you're able to basically now see four at least four year full years using your tool. Now, in terms of let's get into last year. So, like, are most of your names now? Do you use Landers? I'm assuming like Afternick, Sidu, Dan. Any so, of this? I use FD and Dan. I probably have. That's the major. That's almost you know. Other than ones I have on Brand Bucket or Squad Help or whatever, it's FD and Dan. And Dan is probably now sixty forty to FD. And then I list on Afternick and Cedo, but without parking on Cedo, there's not a lot. I've only had a few sales from there because I don't park there. And so that's that's what I do. I don't do any outbound. I would like if after Nick had a buy it now thing on its landers, I would probably move everything there because you kind of are getting the best of both worlds. I do think it would be, I think on some of my names, when I end up in a discussion with some, you know, when I, cause I have make offer. So 
I might have a listed for five grand, but you can make an offer. Now, sometimes, you know, if someone makes an offer that's serious, then you know you have a shot of selling. If somebody makes a $20 offer, most of the time it goes nowhere. But sometimes the, the person offering doesn't realize that they're not on GoDaddy, essentially. You know, they, uh, they, you know, they not, they just think like, well, I heard a domain was $10, so I offered you 20. And so you can't really fault people for that. But I do think if, they were all at Afternick and their brokers were doing it. You know, they're talking to people who think domains are $10 all day long. So they're probably better at dealing with that than I am. But I do think the buy it now is very important because at the range where I sell names, which is mostly two to $8,000, a lot of those names are impulse buys. Mm. I mean, from my years, from when I was in the business forms, business. I mean, you know, I always pictured those people. I mean, a lot of those people that started a business and, you know, it was out of, it was, you know, they didn't pay for the registered agent renewal within a year. So you knew that they were gone. And I always thought a lot of those businesses were just like, I'm at a barbecue, me and my buddy come up with a great idea for a business. Let's go do it. You know, it's great. I'm going to do it right now and I'm going to make millions and I got room in my credit card. So I'm going to spend <laughs> this 2,500. And I think there is a lot to be said for that. I mean, I just think when people think about it and this is not their, you know, this is not their, you know, domains isn't their world and they don't even get the value of it. And they overnight, you know, they're thinking about, you know, they offered you 2,200 and you came back at 2,800 and now they're thinking about it. There's a chance that they're going to be like, what, wait, what? I was going to spend what? Right. You know, or the or they tell their spouse and the spouse says, You're not doing that. You know, we we don't I don't want to hear your 20th business pitch that's going nowhere. You know, you're not <laughs> so <laughs> I I so I if after Nick had landers that had both the contact, you know, I because that I would love the after Nick guys to deal with it and the buy it now for the impulse people, I'd probably have everything there, but they don't. Uh, I think working with both, you know, Dan is spectacular. Uh, it's it's a great system. It's quick. It's easy. Um, they're easy yeah. to deal with. And, you know, same about FD. You know, FD is also good. And now with the integration with Dan, that's great. And then you know, Dan like teamed him. up with uh, Media Options. Yes. And, you know, Andrew is amazing. You know, I, I mean, Dan is really, Dan is actually a model uh, it's really interesting because we're building out this other site at Dropcap that's going to be this public rights marketplace. What we do now is not public, just only for rights buyers and the people who own the books. Right. But we're now doing a more public one. And there's a lot of analogies to what Dan is doing, how they're working with someone like DNWE, um, the things Squad Help is doing. So there's a lot of domain parallels, you know, at the very, you know, at, the, at its core. My company that's involved in publishing rights, they're really just digital assets. They're in many ways like a domain. So there are a lot of similarities in marketplace models, how those things are used. I've gotten a lot of great ideas from them. You know, those companies are are stellar and they really add a lot to the business. You know, DNWE has, I just bought a name from there today, actually. 
Fantastic. Yeah, and they recently changed their model as well, right? Yeah, I, I think it's great. You know, I have never been a, a seller on DNWE, so I don't even think I got the email, but I'm a buyer. Uh, but I am going to join just because, one, I'm, I want to support those guys. It's a great, you know, I think what they're doing is great. It's fantastic. And, you know, if I'm a member and, you know, whatever, I'm going to may list some names. We'll see what, ha- you know, we'll see what happens. It's, but I, I, you know, I want to support anyone in the business that's doing something interesting that I can. I think it's important that those guys are around and thrive. And, and it's a great concept. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of riches in the niches. There really oh, totally. Is. Totally. And so with your, your, your 2020 sales, I mean, you had a banner year, but what's interesting is uh, like, how old were most of those domains that you had and sold? Most of my domain, and this is what makes me really bullish on my on what I own, because of my domains, of the names I sold last in 2020, 24% I bought in 2018, 33% I bought in 2019, and 19% I bought in 2020. So you know, I've sold, and then there were some from 2016 and 2015, but you know, that was pretty nominal. So, so those, those that are, you bought now, were those from auctions, hand ridge, or? Well, last year, I mean, of the, I sold 70 names and of those Ooh. 40%. So I don't know what that figure is. 30 maybe were hand registered. Now, of those, a lot of those were IOs. I mean, I would say half of those were probably IOs. I mean, and the GGs. So that does kind of skew those numbers up. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't count was I didn't count like closeouts. Cause if I counted, cause closeouts are, you know, they're not technically a hand register, but right. you know, you're the, you're the only buddy, you're the only person that wants it. So <laughs> You know, I mean, you might not be the only one, but I mean, at the minute it's at closeout, you know, it made it through and nobody else wanted it. So if I included those, that figure would be much higher. I don't include those. But, you know, a lot of those hand regs were the IOs. I'm just trying to quickly look at my list for um, dot coms that I know were hand regs. There was probably, you know, last year, I'd say two or three that were you know, I ended my year selling a dot com uh, for twenty five hundred dollars that I hand registered in June of twenty twenty. Again, that's obviously you know that's amazing when something like that happens. Right. But it was one of those years where you know it started out horrible, but then when it got good, you know there was a dot TV, and I'm not even a big dot TV buyer, but I love the word the the word that came before it, and I bought on DNWE for ninety nine dollars. And a month later, I sold it for $4,000. So it was, for, you know, it was That's that amazing. kind of a year. So for me, it was that kind of a year, you know, where the equivalent is you're in Vegas and, you know, you walk by a roulette table and you put a thing down on your way to dinner and you win. You know, it was, right. it was <laughs> the end of the year was kind of like that for me. Wow. And so 70 domains, I mean, that's, shoot, on average per month, that's like five or six domain sales per month. I know yeah, it doesn't no. necessarily work out that way, but you know, because you may have one month that you did 10, another month you did four, but spread across time. I mean, five to 
five to six domains a month, that means that the, the cash register is ringing. I mean, you aren't out there wondering too many, too many Mondays, like, oh man, I must, I probably need to quit. No, I mean, those first three and a half months were rough. I mean, even take out the COVID, I mean, March, because in March, everybody was like, well, what, you know, I may never sell a name for the rest of the year. Right. But even be- before that, you know, I was, it was just slow. And I, you know, I don't have, pro- even though I have a lot of names now, I don't have enough to, I think, be able to tell patterns. I think, you know, my friends that have 10,000, 20,000 names, mm. I think they, they have enough to see patterns. Like they know in October, I, I, you know, I always do great. And here, I, I think for me, it's still kind of haphazard. I think, you know, people want to buy it when they want to buy it. Interesting. And so then, like, what do you see looking? So coming out of 2020, like, what do you see moving forward into 2021? Like, what's your best guess at how things are going to roll out for the domain industry uh, in general? I mean, I, that's a question that I think, depending on where you are in the industry, you'd have many answers. If right. you are, you know, if you're a Rosner and you have those premium one word dot coms, it's going to just get better. You know, they're becoming, you know, more and more expensive, those prices are going to continue, I think, to go up. And that is going to cause people, it's going to put them out of reach for some companies. And so I think, you know, I think Nickel brought this up. I mean, I just a natural kind of thing. People are going to go look for, I want a cool word, and I'm going to take a different extension. Oh, I see people, you know, IO has and CO have kind of become those things where they're becoming familiar to people. I mean, just if you, even like to the average person, you see a lot of ads on even your Facebook page for products that are using a .co or a .io. They're, they're not, you know, they're, you've seen them before. They're not completely unfamiliar. So, you know, I think as .coms become more expensive, um, it, creates opportunities for other i mean i think cctld is more than the g's but you know i i think that the g those new g's are just limited because there's only so many words that are going to look great before dot media right so it, it it's it's different it's not always a fair comparison um so i i you know obviously look i hope gg you know, become <laughs> becomes a thing. If it does, I'm going to be thrilled. I mean, I have a great IO portfolio now, so I, I hope that continue. I just repriced all my IOs just a couple days ago because I don't do that very often. And, you know, there were some bargains somebody could have got. Let me just say that. Um, <laughs> That's so that. I, Yay, I made a sale. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yes, that is always disheartening. <laughs> when I just had one of those too, where it was like, oh, the one place I had it on CETO, I didn't change it, is where they bought it. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I, I, I do think all those are going to continue to go well. I, I, I've heard other people say the following, and I agree that the margins for investors are going to get less because. Mm. I, I just think the prices that we're paying at auction to get, you know, okay names, it's not, it's moving up faster than the retail prices are. Right. So I, I think that's going to be the case. I, you know, with the IOs, I, I can't even believe some of the wholesale auctions I've seen. It's, right. It's incredible. And I, I do think, you know, I, I do think some of those ones have chances of selling for, 
you know, big money. And I think once they do, you know, there'll be more. And then when you take in all the crypto money and people have made all that money, and if those people are going out and acquiring and starting companies and doing things, you know, you you have now that's essentially kind of like monopoly money in some ways because they've made so much money that that could be flooding in. I mean, I think it's a great time to be a domain investor. And I think that there's, I mean, I do agree with Morgan that there's plenty of opportunities for people to get in now. Again, I would not, anyone I know who's ever wanted to get in, I tell them to take Michael Seiger's course and you complete that before you buy one name. And then just like if you were, you know, playing in the stock market, you do a fake portfolio and you see how you do for a little while. And then you start buying closeouts. Right. And then, you know, and then you set a budget and whatever you are prepared to lose, because you have to, you're never, you're likely never going to see it again. If you buy 10 names, you're likely never going to see it again. But I think that's, you know, that's the way I would certainly tell people to start. Um, not that anyone's asking me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that's good. Now, one of the areas that I didn't hear you mention, and it's interesting because it is a CCTLD, like what are your thoughts or in regards to getting involved in like the VC? You know, I mean, like anyone else, when Jason Shepard put that thing up on Twitter, I <laughs> anyway, that guy did more for .VC than anyone. You know, I bought, there was that $5 sale. So I bought a bunch of them. I like them. I, I, I think there's way more use than what we all think. I think in the domain I, industry, we, we just see venture capital. And I, I think that probably is some of the use now, but there's also video conferencing, video conference, video, you know, there's right. somebody else is going to use it in a different way. Um, I like the, you know, I like the ones that I own. I bet I own, you know, I think at that $5 sale, I bought 50 of them, something like that. I like them, but I think it's really something that when they, and I don't know what the renewal price is, but when they renew, I'm going to have to take a look at what the traffic was. If I, there was, I mean, I'm not going to renew all of them. I don't, for me to renew or even what I did with the GGs, I, I, Without the sales, I wouldn't have, you know, bought two hundred and some GGs. Uh, so the same thing would be with VCs. I'm not going to double down without, you know, I'll probably keep the ones that had some, at least, you know, some interest or that are getting some level of traffic, um, because you know a lot of that stuff has to be type in. None of these things had traffic before. I don't think. I mean, I think so. I, you know, I like them. I just like I have some dot CCs too. I've bought four or five of those this year. I like them too. I've never sold one, but I think it's, you know, I just like having a few of these around. It kind of makes it more fun. It, it makes the whole thing more interesting. It's, you know, like even with the dot net, it was just fun to, you know, I texted a few of my domain friends last night. and just, I was like, I bet I'm the only guy, you know, and sold one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you know, just for like that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Now, with the with the Bitcoin craze going on, I mean, are you, do you have any names with BTC or Bitcoin in, in the mix? I do have some 
well, I have some, some decent blockchain related names. I have mm-hmm. some Bitcoin. I mean, not just with the word Bitcoin in it, but with, you know, bit and then something else. Right. I have ones with block and something else. I have ones with chain. So I do. And um, again, I've not sold one yet, but I'm sure hopeful. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm hopeful. I'm I'm willing to put a little bit out there, put a put a few lines out, and see see if we get any hits. So then, I guess wrapping up, now, like, what would your advice be? I know that you stated in terms of getting folks involved with uh, DN Academy and whatnot, but if someone is just starting their journey in domain investing and or entrepreneurship, like where should they start, especially knowing uh, your background? So if it's someone that's already, let's say they, they're they in kind of the same uh, position or travel down the same road that you did in terms of they're in another industry, they've you know had a few successful uh, startups and exits, what's your advice to them when it comes to actually getting into domains? I mean, you have to be disciplined. That's that's number one. If you're going to do this, you can't just, you know, like anything else, if you get into the stock market or Bitcoin and you just start throwing money around. being inconsistent. Yes. I mean, that's not going to work. I think people that have started and sold and had some successful exits in business are probably, they're not just throwing money around like right. that. I think they're, um, but I will say there is somebody who, got referred to me who was in the restaurant industry for years. That was his only career running kitchens and running the front of the house. And at my old company, we always, we loved hiring people who were servers or in the restaurant industry because they can deal with customers and you can, Mm. they're always can deal with a lot going on. You know, there's chaos. And an old neighbor of mine said, Hey, will you meet this guy? He's going to transition careers. And, you know, we talked and had some meetings and I started telling him about domains and he got really into it. And I said, you know, if you take Siger's course, I will mentor you, but you got to be a, take the course. Cause otherwise it's just, you know, you're just yeah, you're shooting in the dark. Yeah. You're just, and then I said, and then you take the course and then you go, you know, go to closeouts and I'll, you tell me names you're thinking about and why you're thinking about them. And then I'll tell you what I think. And then, you know, you know, this, he has a wife and a young kid. And so I'm like, you know, another one on the way. I'm like, this is not the, you know, <laughs> this is, but you know, it's like, if you have, you know, $500, you want to do this, you know, it'd be good. And uh, we had another meeting. This is again, when we were sitting outside. So came and he had a notebook full of notes on domaining. So I was so impressed with that. And he really like had a good gift. He got it. He was good with how the words go together. And so we actually just ended up hiring him at DropTap. That's so, awesome. That so is awesome. So because I was so impressed with how he was learning domains, I ended his domain career. Because <laughs> then I was like, you know, now you have to, you know, you can't be playing around domains because now you have a. He's like, you know, hey, yeah. hey, we we can help you with the capital challenge. Uh, right. <laughs> we can get you set up on a longer run- runway here. Yeah, that is so, awesome, though. And I was, but just how how he took it so seriously and how he studied it, right? And just his natural, you know, that he was creative and could, you know, I think. Again, I talked about this way earlier in this show, just 
the creativity is really something that is I, I, remarkable among in an industry where so many people have it. Right. Uh, it, it, it's rare to see, you know, I, I don't think we think about it like this in domaining because we see it all the time. And, but there's a level of creativity that doesn't exist anywhere else. So we were just so impressed. Well, I was, and then I told my partner, I was like, we need to interview this guy. And independently, they came to that conclusion also. Mm. Um, so while That's his awesome. domain career was short-lived, it led to you know a, sustain, a longer sustainable career with a paycheck. Certainly. Now, does he, I guess, does he still invest in domains on the side? I'm assuming he does. Uh, I mean, I think he has like 10 domains. Ah, okay. So, okay. you know, he may, obviously, I don't, we don't care if he does, but, you know, I hope he's not wasting any energy writing any emails about domains. Right. Because, All right. <laughs> you know, that time ended the minute I started paying him a salary. Oh, man. <laughs> that's awesome well last but not least mark is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners in, in case somebody wants to say uh, you know hey mark i heard that you said this on the show uh how might they get in contact with you oh i you know love to talk to people about domaining i respond to anyone who ever contacts me best way to contact me is mark at domain theory.com and my twitter handle is also at domain theory but I don't tweet a lot. I'm more of a liker and a occasional <laughs> tweeter. <laughs> He's like, if I got something good, I'll give it to you. Other than that, let me let me remain behind the scenes. I, I love talking domains. So yes, if any of your listeners want to reach out, I'd love to hear from them. And again, you know, your show has been one of the great highlights of my 2020 in domaining. I, I've spent a lot of time running and walking listening to your stuff and loving it and i'm i'm you know honored to be on and i'm a fan well hey man we're we're glad i'm glad to have you on like i said it's it's interesting to hear everyone's journey everyone's story the intersections the the commonalities the differences um and how we all arrive to actually you know making this a profitable business in our own way and so well, man, well, that's it. Hey, we're out of times, but Mark, man, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journey. It was a pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, and thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. And last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.